Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of After the Storm. This is Humna. And this is Roja. And today we have another very special guest joining us. Um, we're going to be delving into the world of Desi fusion food. And joining us today mm. is Zishan Bakrani from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast, Zishan. Hello. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. We're did I say your last good. name right? You did. I have struggled to pronounce your last name ever since I followed you. I need to tell you that. Like, this is on the record. No, I think people just think too much into it. Just like my first name, actually, but like, there's no. Yeah, I mean, but this is like a brown person pronouncing it wrong, right? Like, do you know what automatically? Okay, this is awful, but like, I'm like, oh, okay, this guy does Daisy Fusion food. And then my brain doesn't commute, compute, like, it's like exactly pronounced how it's written, but I'm like, Sishan Bakhakhani, yes. (laughs) that's your new name now that is exclusively how we will refer to you um yeah i've been wanting to tell you that for a while i'm surprised nobody's calling me like biryani has not become a thing i've been called biryani many times in my life but it's never like become an actual thing but also if you separate out it's bakra and rani i get made fun of that a lot so oh. one of my friends, my friend Avi likes to call me Gold oh Princess every now and then. It's like, hey, Gold oh Princess. And it's like, not wrong. <laughs> but you, you are wrong. Start, you really, you, like, you got to really think about that one. You should start a YouTube channel, but title it Goat Princess. And it's just like lamb recipes, goat recipes. That's the Also go one. incognito so nobody really knows it's you. And just exactly. like, like you was like one of those Put a, put a goat mask on and then cut, cook mm-hmm. goat. That's just And like a princess suit. <laughs> All right, you can't if I do ever, it without the if princess. If I ever do this, we need to delete this episode. So then I nobody can, I mean, I, they might have heard it. I mean, let us know we'll by the end of that. the episode if Goat Princess is a go or not, and then we'll edit it that way. <laughs> if you convince me by the end of it, oh my God. Okay, how about your new I'm, I'm going to go find a dress on Amazon right now. Hey. Sounds good. How's your, how's time in lockdown going for you, Zishan? How are things in Chicago? Uh, Chicago, I mean, lockdown for us is starting to like end uh, not end, but it's like everything's trying to open up again. We're like allowed to see people. Our cases are down. So uh, we're finally getting some like normalcy in life, um, which is kind of nice. But still, like in the back of your head, you're just like, yeah, I can do this. It's not as dangerous as it was before, but let's like still be careful. Luckily, I hang out with the same people pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Um, and they don't really hang out with other people. <laughs> That's perfect. As far as I know. <laughs> As far as I know, oh, that's the whole. That's the hope, right? Like they usually tell you, like, "Hey, have you did this?" So, fairly consistent. We, <laughs> I was gonna say before we get into like Instagram, Zishan, I wanted to find out more about like what is it that you do? What's like been keeping you busy in quarantine? Are you working from home? All that jazz. Uh, so yeah, so um, I'm a tech worker, IT worker. I'm a product manager for a mortgage company. So nine to five, mm-hmm. that kind of keeps me busy. Um, with the change in like working from home, it didn't really hit me that hard because in, since the beginning of the year, I started working from home more often just because my team is all remote. So they were already working from home. So like when we switched over, I already had my desk set. I, had, I already had it all set up and I was just like, okay, I'm just spending more time here. So for me, it was fine. Like nine to five, I'm like done, like busy. Like I, I never really got bored during quarantine. So like this thing never happened where it's like, oh man, I really need to do something. I'm like, I've, I have, surprisingly have kept myself pretty entertained the entire time just like working out or 
just cooking stuff or you know i can make lunch and dinner now so which i'm starting to get tired of washing dishes but (laughs) (laughs) this is a really good segue into what got you into food did you always like cooking as a child or were you did you just wake up one day and were like you know what a chicken thicker taco sounds good (laughs) (laughs) um i think i mean i think one thing is i've I've always kind of been i've always been into food like my family we grew up watching food channel and food network like I think it's the same thing. I don't remember. I don't watch it anymore. But we just always watched it. So um, it was, we always just kind of wanted to try the food that we see on TV, right? And you can't always try it. You live in a house, Daisy house, so you have Daisy food around you. So you're like, like the first thing I ever, like fusion thing I ever made was like a Gima quesadilla parata because my mom bought a quesadilla maker. She never bought tortillas, but we had roti at home. We had Gima at home. And it's like, I'm going to slap those things together, put some cheese on it, and then put in a quesadilla maker. Like, bam. Like, it's really not, like, Mm -hmm. something that was, like, oh, my God, it's so creative. Maybe to others it is. I don't know. But it's, like, this is the stuff that I have at home. I want to eat this. I'm just going to – I'm just going to put together. And it's not, like – initially, like, they didn't really start off with me cooking food. It was just, like, hey, I'm just going to put stuff together. Like, take this, take this, put it in there. I'm like, oh, I did something. Would you say you were – Sorry, like to interrupt, but would you say you were traditionally like taught how to cook, or did you just like learn it along the way? I we just learned it along the way. Like my mom never really was like, "Hey, come and cook uh, this." Um, I think the first time I fried an egg, it was like I remember this was very specific. It was like the day after sixth grade ended. I came home, I was hungry. I've been watching my mom fry eggs for years, and I was like, "I think I could do this." I turned on the pan, cracked an egg, fried it up, and I was like super proud of myself. Like I fried it wrong, <laughs> but I was like, "Yo, I didn't burn it," and it's like it's there. So and it was just like just going into the kitchen and just like trying stuff, so, like make try trial and error. Trial like I'm like after that I made pancakes and my cousin still gives me crap about it. Like those are the worst pancakes you ever made <laughs> in your life. I was like. I don't remember these pancakes. Also, probably the first time I ever made pancakes. <laughs> so, and that's how you're going to learn, right? <laughs> I'm this like, is, yeah, but that's like, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, this doesn't sound really weird, but the first day, like, I learned how to cook was, like, the day after sixth grade ended. Cause my, but mine was very, like, um, it was very taut because my mom was like, okay, Ramzan is coming up in the summer. This child doesn't know how to cook. I'm at work. I don't want the family to starve. Okay, we're going to have an intensive <laughs> summer boot camp. So oh my like God. that summer she taught me how to cook and she's like, okay, I'm done. Um, and that's it. That's like how I started cooking. You guys were early starters. I was 20, 22, 21, 22. I'm not older, you know. That summer I'm 26. I can cook more. Th- I can cook pasta now and it actually tastes good. That summer I made pasta and it was so bad. I did not eat it. So progress <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to go they just you start just start throwing random stuff in it yeah yeah Chili so powder. i think one of uh one of the most interesting things for me what kind of what you were talking about too is that when you made that uh your paratha stuffed with kima and like kind of turned it into a quesadilla right it makes sense like when you post these recipes when you talk about it it makes total sense that you would see that on tv and you see this is what you have here um i think one of the things you posted about was the elotes chat as well like it makes sense but then like I would never think of it I've never think to combine that how does that how does that what's the part that, that goes into that so like a lot of it is just like uh, for the lotus chart it was like so somebody asked me to do a class on like summer food and um it was really random I like to just get it just dive into random things um so I was like trying to think of like hey what can I make that's like fun and easy to eat and then actually my friend Farmo I was at um, his like pop-up and he made a 
black eyed peas jot. So he like took something mm-hmm. that was like very Georgian and made, made it into jot. And I was like, man, like Chicago is like corn and lotus. I'm like, wait. So like, it was kind of like this, like, I'm like, cause I was already thinking about stuff like that. So when I ate his, I was like, wait, he's talking about like Georgia. Like, what do we have in Chicago that's like very, um, like, mm-hmm. like a street food? And then it was like elotes. I'm like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I love elotes. And I was like, wait, this is a very, very, very close to like a desi chat. And I've never actually, like me growing up, we never ate chat. Like my family didn't eat chat. I didn't have chat till I was like probably like 25. And like oh, wow. randomly, randomly, like one day I had it. Um, so like, again, those flavors aren't necessarily in my head. But when I had his, it triggered my memory. Like, I'm like, okay, wait, this would work well in elotes. And then it was just like, literally what I do is I text like some of my friends. I'm just like, I just type it out like, hey, it was a shot like I put no details no details around <laughs> it and they're like yeah that sounds good they're like how are you gonna do it I'm like I think this is how I'm gonna make it so it's like trial and error from that point on um I had like an elotis recipe this is I think the breakdown of the recipe uh but but again it becomes like this like how you take those two flavors and combine them and like what are you looking for so like what's the base of an elotis what's the base of a shot so elotis is uh, sour cream, mayo, cojita cheese, chili powder, and like boiled corn or grilled corn, um, and then chili, and then butter on top of it. What's in a chat? You have crunchy, spicy, sweet, mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of and you just mix random things in it. Like it doesn't really matter. Like a samosa chat, a pani puri chat, like bale puri chat, like yeah. all those so things. Like, there's so many things you can put in a chat, and I'm like, you know what? Like that corn will add like great sweetness in it. The mayo has to be there because it's not an elotes without the mayo or sour cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do the chutney, I did like a bale puri sauce or a samosa chutney. And then I made my own sauce, which is like lime and cilantro because you need like lime and cilantro in a chat and you need an elotes also. Like that just helps it. In Chicago, they don't do that necessarily. But I was like, this will add like that, um, that tang from the desi side. So it's just like, how do you fit both cultures into one but make those flavors just like blend together and then I put like crunchiness from some bale puri mix and then some chaat masala right on top and it's just like it's probably one of the best things I've ever made in my life but I'm craving it right now <laughs> I, I, I want to go to Chicago right now <laughs> I hope you can have like pop-ups across different cities so we will help you facilitate it Literally. like you, you want to come to Toronto you want to do a pop-up we will help you <laughs> Please. I don't have that many recipes yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'll just be like a little shot and pie. And that's all, all I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So have you done any pop-ups in Chicago or I don't know, I any like instances where you like you actually sold this food or? So my cousin owns a bakery in Chicago, Scrumptious by Hera. You can find her on Instagram. Um, so she owns a bakery in Chicago. So like she, we were like at Iftar one day and um, I bought the pie and she's like, hey, you should sell the pie at my restaurant. And I'm like, nah because <laughs> i don't like i don't like doing all that like i like making food i like giving it to my friends i like you know like it's controlled you know like so mm-hmm. like i like it kind of tweaks me out whenever i go a little bit extra behind because like you know a lot of anxiety there um but i was my other cousins convinced me that, like yeah you should do it like why not so i went from one week not selling anything ever not making pies on order like i don't do those things i don't do catering i just literally make these things for fun on the side because I get hungry <laughs> and I'm like, I have these ingredients that went to making like, you know, 60 pies in a weekend. Uh, so, uh, I mean, the feedback was great. Like people really enjoyed it, but it was like, <laughs> you know, like going from making one pie to 60 pies. I was like, yo, this oh, is wow. not, I'm like, this is not who I am. I can't do this every day. <laughs> like I, you could I prefer... sell the recipe, like patent the recipe. <laughs> like, yo, Rummy my Do you want to buy this? 
Dude. Anybody listening to this, ten grand, I'll take. I'll, I'll take it. Honestly, do it. You become a. <laughs> actually, it's on developer. Instagram now. It's actually on Instagram now, so you can follow me on Instagram and make it yourself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but definitely worth it. It's goodbye. I think <laughs> my house is waiting for the summer mangoes to come in from Pakistan, and then honestly, then I'm try. Honestly, to me, a mango. Po- oh, mine are coming in this weekend. This week for the Ooh. first time. First time. Chicago's like harder to get Pakistani mangoes really? in America. In America, it's hard to get. So I suppose because you have, have to like, survive on Alfonso a, until then. Yeah, we know we have uh we get uh marathon mangoes. <laughs> um, I was gonna talk about like the like going back to the chat, the Alotas yeah. chat makes sense. You know what I mean? Like in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, these two flavors like combined together, uh, that would make sense. That would taste good. But then what I want to talk about is like a lot of your food is very visually stunning, like. The Kanafe Rice Krispies, they, those mm-hmm. make a statement, right? Um, and you, <laughs> <laughs> um, not just praising you, or like, when your choice of color, your choice, your product photography is really, really good. And that obviously plays a part into why um, people do like the work that you do, right? So I think what my question from this entire spiel of good job, Zishan, is um, are, do you actively do you actively enjoy doing product photography? Do you think about those colors in advance? Do you think about the statements that would make? So that's the hardest part for me. I hate, like, it's getting better now because I just walk out into my backyard because I can cook at like 12 o'clock and like walk out of my backyard and have like mm-hmm. natural lighting. Those pictures are like, super hard for me. I wish I could do the Kanafa donut pictures again. Um, <laughs> but, Dude, like, that, <laughs> I just want to interject and say that that killed me. I need to have that donut at some point in my life. Yeah, Kanafa donut and, like, was like, that's how like we found you. Like, I'm not. Yes, that's how we first She's came, like, yeah, sent it to yeah, Roja. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yo, I don't know how, but I want to eat this. And I'm like, <laughs> like somebody tell this man to open up a bakery right now. Yeah. I will give oh you God. all my money. I was just close to like opening up something right after that. But I was like, wait, this costs a lot of money. I don't have money. <laughs> oh, hopefully. I'll go the other route. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the thing is like most of our food in itself is visually appealing in itself. Right? Mm. A lot of the desserts we make um, have a lot of color in it. So it's not like. I'm trying, I'm not, it's not, I'm not trying to make it like I, the thought process doesn't go like, it's going to look beautiful. It's like, Hey, this needs to be a part of the dessert. Like a kanafa, you can't, I can't call anything a kanafa. If it doesn't have anything that's related to a kanafa. It has to have the orange filo dough that's shredded mm-hmm. and soaked in syrup and butter. Like it needs to have that. Like the kir has to have the coconut, the pistachios, the almonds. Like I think it, 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 it's, I think the other thing I think of is like how you have to give a visual clue of what it is. Cause if I don't include the kanafa filo dough is it really a kanafa is like mm-hmm. what is it then mm-hmm. <laughs> like i could put all the flavors in the crispy itself or in the donut itself but if i can't give that visual clue of what you're eating um you'll never like really understand what you're eating like that's why the yeah. like i have the glad jam and cheesecake it's hard for people to understand what the glad jam and cheesecake is because the base of the the, the crust is a glad jamun. the glad jamuns on top are pointless they're they're there for decoration but the crust itself is the gulab jamun. Um, and that's like, that's, so that's like where it becomes that, that visual representation becomes harder because I'm like, I want people to know that the crust is a gulab jamun um, versus at the top. So I didn't want to put them there, but it looks better. <laughs> like I, help, I have my friends help me decorate most of the time. Like, most of the time I have like some, somebody come over and help me cook because I can't, to be honest, I can't, I'm learning all of this half the time. Like the first time I made the mm-hmm. Kanafa Rice Krispie was the first time I made the Kanafa Rice Krispie. Mm-hmm. The first time I made the Kanafa Donut 
was the first time I made a Kanafa donut. Like that, those pictures, those moments, like that cheese pull video, that's the first time oh. I pulled it. There's like, I've never, and most of the time I don't do a recipe twice. Like it's literally like one and done. And I'm like, maybe I, I could like make it better, philosophy. but I'm like, this yeah. is like, but like for my philosophy, my other philosophy is I need you to do it and release it in the world. I can always take it back. <laughs> but, Honestly, thank you for putting it out into the world. Clearly, clearly you're getting <laughs> things right the first time around. You're doing something right there because it's taken yeah. off, right? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so I just kind of wing it as I go. But so the, 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 your point, like some of them are just decisions that are need to be made because of the the reason it is, it is the, the dish itself. And sometimes I can't always make my own point that I want to make. <laughs> make <laughs> um, but it is a little bit tougher. And then the photography part of it, um, it is something that I get stressed out about because you probably like, go through my feed. I have like 18 photos, the same one, same angle. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm never Like sure. we said in the beginning, consistency is key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, if you can scroll through my, my, my photo albums, it's just food and like, just like, like 18 pictures of the same dish and then like just random things and then 18 more pictures <laughs> of the same dish. And then I edit two of them. <laughs> Amazing, it's, it's working great. Um, another question. So obviously a lot of the food you, you, you've done kanafa donuts and kanafa rice krispies, but a lot of your other food is desi fusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or Pakistani fusion. Have you been, have you spent time in Pakistan or like, or were you born and raised in Chicago? What's your background in that sense? She's asking, oh. where are you really from? No. <laughs> kind of a way um, of no. that. You can't make me, you can't make me sound like the white people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so uh, I'm born and raised in Chicago, like, I'm an I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the accent. <laughs> it was the first thing I noticed. Like, oh my God, he sounds like all my cousins from Chicago. Yeah. A lot of Toronto. Toronto what are you guys? Torontoans? Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, like, Toronto. what do you call people from Toronto? Uh, Torontoans? I guess. I don't know. I think that's like the, the, the term that people yeah. use. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of people from. A lot of people from Chicago have family in Toronto and vice versa. I do too. Um, so I was raised here in the last five years. I've probably been to Pakistan five times. Five oh, or wow. six times in this last six years because my five-year visa expired. That's not up for another one. So in the last six years, I've been there five times um, versus before I didn't go for eight years. And so like I've always had an interest of going there. I think the main mm-hmm. thing though is like what really concretes like the food is majority of my life I ate desi food like I didn't have American food either it was at school or after I turned 15 and like discovered the world like like, I had a job and I could get my own food like Mm -hmm. I didn't have fast food until I was like 15 probably um so a lot of those again it's a lot of those foods that I eat at at school I was like man mac and cheese is delicious how do I make I want to make that at home or it's like spaghetti and like meatballs looks amazing I want to like take spaghetti and put some kofta on it just so I can like recreate it. Um, so I think it's just like just living in the environment we're in, it becomes a little bit easier because you're eating Desi food, you're eating American food, you're eating like I, that. That's why I make a lot of Arab dishes is one of my best friends is Arab. So like he's given me a lot of exposure into those foods. So, uh, and then obviously Mexican food is another piece of like what I make a lot is just because again, we're exposed to a lot of Mexican food here. Um, so the more exposure I get to different cuisines, the more I think of like, how do I relate it back to the kitchen that I have, which mainly the kitchen I have is desi foods. So I have a lot of mm-hmm. desi spices and, you know, masalas and like naan and all this stuff. So like it, it becomes that relationship as like you dig deeper into a culture or a cuisine and you want to recreate it, you end up recreating it in the way you see it or the way you would relate to it just because of what you have available to you. And I think that's how a lot of cuisines get made. It's just like, coming in 
you figuring out how you're going to make what you wanted to eat at home here. And then it kind of becomes ingrained into the society. Uh, I think the biggest thing that intrigues me on like the way I cook is that I just have an interest in a lot of different cultures and like a lot of the way that they connect um, across the board. So like a lot of food that like, I just love seeing the connection be- behind everything. So when you make a dish, you're like, Oh, that like when you learn how to make a dish, you're like, Oh, that's how we make this dish in, in Pakistan or mm-hmm. this is how we make this dish growing up. And like, what's the relationship between these two? So like, for me, it's like a lot of just like discovering and finding that out. And then those flavors just kind of get me excited. So. I feel like with fusion food, you can either like you either do it really well or it can go really wrong. And then the difference is that understanding of the <laughs> recipe breakdown of what those individual flavors are and how, you know, those things. I had like a flashback of all my failed attempts right now. I'm like, oh, Oh, no. There was like two good ones. Like, what have I done? Well, to me, at the end, I don't think anything is a fusion food. Um, Like, there is no such thing. Like, there is no like end point for food. It's only like a starting starting point, you would say. Like, I, I am so interested in the samosa. Because, like, when we think of samosa, we think of, like, Pakistanis, we eat kima samosas. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if the whole world thinks of a samosa, they think of, like, the alu samosa. But, yeah, like, I, going I've... back in history, the, the kima samosa is the original samosa, but it came from, like, Arabs, um, from, like, that side of the oh, world. Did and it then actually? Whole, yeah, yeah. So, like, it came from there. That. So, if you, look at, like, if you look at the samosa, it's called the sambusa in, like, Arabic mm-hmm. countries. But the Sudanese eat it, Nigerians eat it, we eat uh, it, Malaysians Somali eat it. Somali people eat it, too. Uspekis eat it, like. Yeah, Somali people eat it too. Like it, it is like so far spread, and they all make they all make it slightly differently, right? So like, mm-hmm. where is the fusion really coming Ooh. in? Like, who fused it first, right? Like, obviously. That's why. But that's the thing. That's why the alu samosa is not called an alu samosa. It's called the Punjabi samosa, because people made it vegetarian to like yeah. appease people, not appease, but like for people that were, that were <laughs> yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. real <laughs> angry about the samosas or arguments going. But that's that, that's that transformation, right? Like, and then potatoes yeah. didn't come until after like 1500s, right? And then the samosa was invented in like 500 years before that. Uh, and potatoes didn't come to India until like 1500s or passed after that. So like, there's no- You can't like, claim samosas. You, no, we yeah. can't claim samosa. Uh, <laughs> I'm rethinking a lot of things right now. A lot of opinions <laughs> that I have that I never voiced. And I'm just Every like, wow, I'm glad I Every episode is having an exist- existential crisis. <laughs> so i mean that's just like one for me so like when i say when people say fusion food there is ways you can do it badly there's there's ways you can do it lazily um mm-hmm. but there is no such thing as like it yeah. being bad to me it's not like such thing as being wrong i also yeah no I, when i say bad i mean in the sense that right like the flavors don't make sense right i don't mean do that it, you yeah. do it wrong but i think you have to be adventurous though that's because you're picky <laughs> people have to be willing to accept the people have to be willing to accept the dish like most people are like, against accepting like their so, first thought now we're now we're better but like five years ago they were like no this is stupid like this is bullshit like true. just just try it out if somebody made it for some reason and it's probably like korean tacos it is like the most hyped thing ever but it makes perfect sense and it's delicious but if but, somebody was like no this is horrible no we would make it like korean what, what? sorry Korean tacos, like I've never heard of those, like bulgogi tacos. Yeah, bulgogi tacos, like they'll put kimchi oh, in it, like like you know. Then you have like desi tacos, which butter chicken tacos, which I don't like because like the rice and I don't like butter tortilla. chicken fusion. <laughs> I, have, I have I have beef with butter chicken to begin with because people don't make butter chicken correctly. I mean, we're gonna start that, talking about food. 
Also, okay, where does, does, do either of you know where, like, which kind of, where butter chicken comes from? Which ethnic group? Yes. Go ahead. I think, I feel like you're, you're more confident on this. And I have, I but never, I, I'm confident on a lot of things. I'm just a confident person. <laughs> if they have confidence, anybody will believe you. <laughs> Basically in 1867. Oh my Lord. <laughs> Yeah, it's history. No, Zishan, go. I mean, no, I think so. The butter chicken is from like the Punjab area. Like that's mm. a Punjabi dish. That's from, okay. as far as I know. Chicken tikka masala is not, uh, not a like a desi dish. It's a British dish, but the chicken butter chicken is like a Punjabi dish. Yeah. But but it's specifically Indian. Like Pakistanis don't know what butter chicken is. Like Pakistanis don't eat butter chicken. See, it's, that's was... probably something newer for us. The thing is, mm-hmm. if we go back and I have to fact check this, but I think butter chicken was being made in Peshawar by these people but then they migrated to India and they made it like obviously spicy but then I think it was served at like the Taj Hotel and they needed to make it like a little sweeter to serve it to like the white people and that's how like it came to be I'm not like don't quote me on this but <laughs> and then okay chicken tikka masala is technically desi just because it was made in Britain doesn't mean it's but like a desi person made it yeah, yeah, but it's not, but it's not, it's like, it's like a chicken parmesan. It's an Italian American dish, but not an Italian True. dish. Like, yeah, 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 no, like then that. I so would agree. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a dish that's taken somewhere else and made in a different way. Like, yep. you don't, you wouldn't go back to Pakistan. Like, like I said, like butter chicken, I went to Pakistan, I was trying to find butter chicken. They're, this is like exist. new to this is new to them. Like, they're like, oh man, butter chicken, have you had it? I'm like, yeah, it's like a thing. And they're like, oh no, this is great. I'm like, yeah, this is. Like, like, because my parents don't know what it is. Like, yeah. Like, see, I like, never, oh. I never heard of, I'd never heard of butter chicken yeah. until I moved here. No, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I thought my mom invented butter chicken. <laughs> She's been making it since time. Hello, what do you mean your parents don't? <laughs> it's one of the recipes my mom brought to her marriage man. <laughs> oh my god! I see. I, I never heard of it. I moved here, yeah. and even like, yeah. so my family lives in Guelph, which is like a very white town, and over like it's not especially the university right it's not common to find desi recipes but one thing that they would consistently have is butter chicken so in my mind i'm like is this like a white people brown food that like that like that white people made but like they just splash some brown people masala in there right with some desi masalas in there and think that it's desi so i that's what i thought it was genuinely for the longest time and it also tasted awful and then <laughs> Eventually, get started seeing it. Indian oh, restaurants. the Guelph butter chicken like, is so bad. Why are they bad. taking those recipes? Yeah, the Guelph butter chicken is nasty. Yeah, especially the UC butter there. chicken. No, so gross. Uh, don't ever eat it. And then I, uh, yeah, like there's just this whole realization that it's an actual like desi recipe. But like my family, I've never had it at home. Never had it in Pakistan. There's just a bunch of confusion around it. Well, it might not be a Pakistani recipe. That it might yeah. be an Indian recipe. So, like, for us, we get confused easily. Where it's like, oh, this is Pakistani Indian food. It's very similar. But, like, okay, I no. needed to add a point to that. I don't like the ethnic gatekeeping of food. Like, I mean? yes, you know how people are, like, especially between, like, in the subcontinent. Because people are like, oh, well, this is Pakistani. This is Indian. And I'm like, bro, 1947 was not that long ago. Like, what do you think people did then? But, but I can recognize like things are ethnic to different regions, right? Like there mm-hmm. are Punjabi dishes like alu chane or just like chane in general, right? Like I can't be like that's a Pakistani dish, that's a Punjabi dish because my family's Punjabi. Like that's a lot of my food comes from that. 
I, I think you could say it's a pajama. Like, like I think India and Pakistan, we were one country. Now we're not. Uh, but we had a lot of different cultures within those within exactly. that. Exactly. So I, I think you can claim like the culturalness behind it, right? Like, uh, Jane is probably is a Punjabi dish where they eat it in India and yeah. Punjab. But like we have a dish called Kausa, which is like a Mamni dish that like uh, Mamans and Gujaratis eat it. Is it like the spaghetti mixture? Spaghetti, oh spaghetti is with the curry. In Karachi. Yeah. So my family's from Karachi. Lot of- yeah. So a lot of mammoths in Karachi. <laughs> so we all, yeah. but if you like look at the dish, what Pakistan is eating spaghetti. Like mm-hmm. one other, like if you're not mammoth, like you probably never ate spaghetti in your life. Like <laughs> other than in that dish. Like, so um, like for us, I would be like, is it a Pakistani dish or is it like a mammoth specific dish? Cause like the whole country doesn't really eat it. It's a specific, oh, but now my... it's becoming more popular and it will probably eventually become a Pakistani dish. Just so- like, my friend's from Bombay and she's Maimani and she's told me about like Kasa for the first time. I was like, bro, what is this spaghetti like thing? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like a Maimani, Maimon like dish. Oh. And so like Maimani people all kind of know it. Yeah. And then my mom has a different version than most of their Maimans and like her, her family makes it differently than other, like my mom and dad's family actually make it differently than other uh, people's families. And, but it is again, like a dish that came from Burma Yeah. and they got translated mm-hmm. to uh, British noodles because that's probably what they had at the supermarket and then my mom uses regular curry which is just like you know the one you drink versus some people use coconut milk curry and we put goshka salad on it so it got like translated from and then you put we put potato chips here (laughs) that's the interesting part about food right like the history goes into it a lot like i mean so let's take somalia for example they make lots of pasta dishes but then like somalia was also colonized by italy mm-hmm. which like but then makes sense right so like a lot of his like there's so much history that goes into food that i feel like gets glossed over a lot which is just like interesting to learn sadly, it always sadly always comes from colonialism it's like oh why do they eat that <laughs> well, colonialism, colonialism. colonialism. it's always the answer colonialism <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, but we end up hearing oh, well. a lot of episodes if you think about it. <laughs> it's like it, it, co- it comes down to colonialism. It's just like, yeah. Oh, no. Why do we drink chai? Colonialism. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Yes, we can talk about that first. Hamna doesn't like mangoes. She's weird. So, people that are listening, my face just dropped. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it- I mean, at this point, I'm like old enough to be like, okay, yeah, it's fine. You like mangoes? Why? I just I'm always interested in hearing. Like, I'm in not gonna judge defense, you for not liking it, but I just want to know why. Because like, I like for it. the last four years, defense, it is. I've I've nailed it down to childhood trauma. Okay, it's okay. not that the mango itself tastes bad, but when I was a kid, I didn't eat much. Okay, so like I was like really skinny little kid, didn't eat my food. So in the summertime, especially when we were in Pakistan, my mom would force feed me mango milkshakes. She would put me on a stool in my grandma's kitchen, give me a big glass of mango milkshake and be like, you cannot leave that stool until you finish the mango milkshake. And I would sit there for hours crying my eyes out because I couldn't finish it and I didn't like it. And so now, like, as an, and that happened so much. And now even as an adult, when I taste mango, it's just like instant gag reflex because I have PTSD from the milkshakes in the corner of my grandma's kitchen. I really, <laughs> I was just going to add, I really didn't think like, you know, talking about fusion food with Zishan would lead to childhood trauma. Yet again, another episode has turned into a therapy session. Another thing, food is the biggest like memory gate. Like, like, it's really memory. like why do people like biryani? Like, this is my theory. 
Biryani's a good. Biryani's good. Like, but there's some people that are like I don't like biryani. I'm just like, did you have a bad time with your family? Because biryani is like the most family dish. Like you, any like every Friday, I would come home. I was like, you know, like Juma, I can smell biryani. It's a good moment. You know, like mm-hmm. good memories of Saudi. And I, I like generally like like family parties and like dawahs and stuff like that. So yeah. biryani is always there. You don't there. make biryani on like a regular day. You know, like there's always like, something good something, going on. There's something That's special. Mm-hmm. Just, like, Guys, day, how do you know? feel about potatoes and biryani? Needed. That's the only way to have biryani. Oh. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> Roja is exiting the group chat. I, <laughs> Bye, guys. Nice knowing I, you. Uh, I, I respect everybody's opinions. I don't re- I don't respect when people are like, that does not belong. Because obviously, I just put anything in anything. So I feel like I like the masala in the like rice. Like I like tasting the imli with the Asking rice. The, the potatoes. Not, anyway. It takes it to the next yeah. level. Okay. You, you know when you make a nevada? Res- if you, if you, yeah. you, do you eat it with your hands or not? Hands. Depends so on whether or not I have acrylics, but I like to eat it with my hands. <laughs> when you're making a nevada <laughs> and you get a little piece of potato, it makes it, it's like, it's like glue. It's like the starch that like holds it together. So it's not falling apart when you put it in your mouth. It's just like solid. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like riding a bike, right? You don't need a tricycle. When you're old enough, you can take the wheels off and then you just you don't need the glue. I mean, we're, we're, in a, we're in a world where we're, like, developing autopilot intensely. Like, we are all about making our lives easier. <laughs> so if the okay, potato fine. is an auto, autopilot from Nevada, I'm down with it. Potatoes will stay in your plates. <laughs> pass, just pass the potatoes. Potato haters, pass the potatoes. Stop no, complaining. I, I'm not a potato hater. I think it belongs in a lot of things, just not biryani. Yeah, no, if you're a potato hater biryani, just pass it to the person that likes it. Just, exactly. Eat your, eat your dry biryani. You're sad, dry just... ass biryani. Okay, I feel okay. You know what? Uh, because I, I don't want to entertain this biryani. conversation because I'm an adult. Enjoy biryani. Enjoy biryani. Enjoy biryani. Oh wow! For the first time. Um, but yeah. It's like the whole the, the whole biryani conversation really comes down to: Does your mom make good biryani? And yeah. have you had a better one than your mom's? And the probably answer is probably no. Yeah. <laughs> and like. I've never had one that's even close to my mom's. Like every other biryani exactly. I eat, I'm like, what is this? Is this no biryani or not? This, it's just, biryani is like a very, biryani is supposed to be made at home. And I yeah. think it takes years of practice and somebody needs to develop a recipe like for themselves. Because like, like, you become accustomed to that taste yeah. of biryani. Do so you guys' like families, sorry, do you guys' families go out to eat at Desi restaurants? Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, my family didn't because it was just like, it was one of those things where anytime you'd go, you'd order these things and we'd all be sitting there eating at it, staring at each other and we're like, whatever our mom makes at home is better. So yeah. we stopped going for the longest time and then like slowly we kind of w- were re-entering that space. When Mississauga figured out their food scene and they started making like, not just like, just you know, umbrella Daisy restaurants, but specific mm-hmm. Daisy restaurants. Yeah. Um, it like really changed the game because like, like we have specific karai places now. We have specific yeah. like yeah. rice places. So it just like that. That's when my parents were like, I, my head out to eat. Yeah. Oh my god! You get things you can't get normally. Yes. Um. So I think we've covered a lot of topics that we had discussed. We're coming down to the last thing. Thing that Rohit you'd mentioned was food and activism. Do you want to lead us? into that a little bit so um one thing that i wanted to dive into a little bit more was like social justice and food but i'm not sure if like your account specifically would apply for it because 
you said you were self-taught so you probably don't have like exposure to um like you know how what that what the chef industry looks like or what the restaurant industry looks like which i i know needs a lot of (laughs) unpacking um especially but one thing that we could go into is um a lot of food influencers a lot of um people that are really successful in this market right no one from i guess there's no high profile desi or muslim um chefs i guess or food influencers on like a hollywood north american scale thing Mm -hmm. but if we were to talk about social justice in that scope right there's just so much that needs to be done because the food that you make is a statement right there's a reason that because of you know history and all the bad things that have happened there's a reason why chinese food is called easy and accessible and cheap and a good thing to have on takeout whereas french food is like the epitome of like elegant cuisine so i mean so for me like as like a i'm a big consumer of this like this right like hollywood video what's happening in food i'm a big consumer of it so for me it was always like very exciting to see hey look Anthony Bourdain went to India. Like that's mm. as close to Pakistan as anybody will ever go. <laughs> this is the most exciting <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> like my food will be shown. Um, and Anthony Bourdain does a good job of it, right? Um, but again, it would be like awesome to see somebody that looks like me, talks like me, grew up like me to make a video on that, right? I think we're starting to build the stepping stones to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think we've just started to establish ourselves as a community um, of like American, like you know, North American raised people, and now we'll start seeing that more and having those conversations more. It just pissed me off that like we get siloed, right? We get siloed into like you, you're from Pakistan, so you, oh, you're gonna tell me about this food exactly, but I'm like, mm. I can tell you about all foods. Like I can tell you exactly. about everything. Like, like I have an experience on all sides of food. Like I have deep knowledge of American food just because I ate it growing my whole, growing up my whole life in school cafeterias. <laughs> like, cause I saw people eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Mom, buy me a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Like it sounds delicious. Um, and, but I can also talk, I can also talk about uh, Pakistani food, but that's not my silo. Like our, you know, like we know a lot and we can like explore your mm. food in other countries. Uh, I mean, and I hope I don't see that silo in the future, right? Like as people come up and start making food, like they don't get siloed into like, you should talk about this because yeah. you're from here. Like, you can talk about that if you want and then talk about this. If you're, also if you're not up to opening your own restaurant, I think you should just make a docu-series partnering with somebody and like explore these places that you're interested in. Um, yeah, you can have Hamna and I as your producers. <laughs> like, this is sad. I, hopefully. Let's see what happens. Everybody <laughs> we dive into to. <laughs> Everybody we talk to, we just like we're pushing our agenda on yeah. them. It's like, here's what we want you to do. We'll help you do so it. I, Go I would, do it. <laughs> I would love to do it, honestly. Like, it's very, very interesting. I think that's like what drives me um, like to like learn more and more and more because it's just like you hear like the side facts. Like I made a video. I, I'm starting a YouTube channel. I don't know. Yay, I don't know where it's so gonna exciting. be. I don't know where it's we're... gonna be. Like, but <laughs> go, go princess, yes or no? <laughs> go princess, no, 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 go, go princess. Uh, but like, so it was. That. I was talking about South Indian filter coffee, and like, mm-hmm. listening back on it, I had a lot of details on it, which like nobody's called me out. I'm not sure if it's 100 percent accurate or not, but nobody's called me out on it, and I'm pretty sure it was like most of it was correct. But it was just like so interesting how much like I've just consumed and like learned over the years is like 
you know, like I find it very interesting to just like go and find connections. Like um, I went to New Orleans earlier this year and I love Vietnamese coffee. But then you find out that South Indian coffee, New Orleans coffee and Vietnamese coffee all have the same flavor profile. Um, but like learning about that is like very interesting. I was like able to describe that. So it was like very exciting to me. Um, again, that's me. I'm like a full-time career out of it. Uh, but I, I hope like as I like learn more and more about food, I'm able to share that in some sort of way and share like the connections between different communities and stuff like that. So it'd be like, I'm going to like, what, yeah, what, what, we'll figure out how that works. <laughs> but No, we're excited then. We're excited for <laughs> part two of Zishan's Adventures with Food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like cool. every time you post a recipe there's just a, like one of us sends it in our group chat like oh my god look at this okay I'm, I'm coming out with gonna uh, make this what are we drop. gonna do when is this getting released uh, About late late I'll have a Kier cereal out there by then a what Kier cereal so like cereal like, you just drop milk in it you see, like drop milk in it but Kier's already like wet though yeah but this is like you get a bowl of cereal you pour it out you pour a Milk. Ooh, and then you have Kier. Cool. Like, interesting. No, instant, I'm so intrigued. Kier? I'm interested. In that. I'm not pop. the biggest Kier fan, but like mm. I'm interested in it. it it's it, it's like not 100% Kier. It's like 80% Kier. I would say because when milk it's like just attacks your very existence, you avoid. Yeah, yeah you avoid milk. Then. <laughs> milk lactose, you got to get some other milk. I don't know how people in Pakistan and India aren't aren't, aren't lactose intolerant. They're eating milk all day long. Literally. <laughs> It's like, Milk's do they pick different. Malay out? It's so good. But it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm going to drop some, like, random sh- like that. That's <laughs> very exciting. We're excited for the curial. Curial. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> or what people think of it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully it goes yeah. well. Yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoyed it. I ate a bowl. <laughs> Sorry, that was so late. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Creeping Sharia. <laughs> Maybe like an ultimate goal, right? Be like, <laughs> no, I started like I started seeing fingers crescented at work, and it like caught on because all of us like were Muslim on the team. <laughs> so I was like, why are you saying cross? Um, but yeah, I missed that memo. I'm sorry. I'll do better next time. Just anyways, but like that was some good conversation. <laughs> I'm just hungry now. Me too. Yeah, to I'm hungry eat. for good food now, man. Like my defrosted food isn't gonna cut it anymore. I'm so mad. Yeah, you gotta spice up that kebab, man. You should do yeah. like I don't know. Cheese on it. Put on a hot dog bun. Insta lives teaching people how to cook. Uh, or your, on your YouTube channel. Oh, I was guessing you did one of those, right? Yeah, I did one of those once. Um, a lot of work. <laughs> Not a lot of work, but again, I. So what I'm gonna be doing on YouTube is like wearing a GoPro, so you can watch me cook. Oh, nice. Ooh. So like I'm nice. gonna drop. Uh, sandwich recipe tomorrow like monday um and then I, I gotta i gotta record some more stuff it's just <laughs> time i've just i'm learned how i learned how to edit videos in the last two weeks which is fun <laughs> got that adobe premiere pro going yeah thank you friends for hooking me <laughs> up with the <laughs> with the subscriptions <laughs> but like thank you so much for like sitting with us and chatting with us and talking food with us <laughs> this has been so much fun enjoy food conversation Thank you once again for tuning in. This has been Roha. And this is Hamna. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, give us a follow on our Instagram at afterthestorm.podcast. Let us know what you thought. Bye-bye.